1: It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
2: Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick-cut, tastes-like-a-touchdown-in-your-mouth bacon?
3: You must be talking about Wright brand bacon, Mm -hmm. because they are not playing
2: when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick-cut, hand-trimmed, and real would smoke real. And you could tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Right Brand Bacon. That's called Right Brand Bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way.
4: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's been a wild 24 hours for college football. Some of the headlines here, the Mid-American Conference has decided that they're not going to play fall football. Big Ten and the Pac-12 are on the fence right now. The ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 might try to cobble together a schedule involving those conferences. But once again, I'll have that information for you coming up in a moment. Uh, Colin Morikawa, who will join us on the program, I believe, tomorrow, won the PGA Championship, final games of the NBA regular season, and some interesting conversations involving the Portland Trailblazers, the Clippers, and the Lakers. We'll dive into those topics coming up in a little bit. We'll have a poll question for you. We got a play of the day, stat of the day. And you can uh, dive in if you want, variety of ways. You can tweet us at Dan Patrick Show. You can email DP at Dan Patrick Show and also 877 uh, 3DP Show. Say good morning to Chat Row, those watching on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show, and our radio affiliates around the country numbering 362. Here's the information I got uh, almost an hour ago The Big Ten and Pac 12 will cancel their football seasons tomorrow. The ACC and the Big 12 are on the fence. The SEC is trying to get a delay to have teams join them. The SEC is looking at exclusive TV contracts. So once again, then I followed up with my source and I said, so the Big 10 and Pac 12 canceled tomorrow. That's what I'm told this morning. Three Big 10 teams that I've spoken with said it's done. And I followed up by saying, so the SEC might go alone and bring in other schools. That's the latest. They're trying to buy time, according to my source, to see if the ACC or Big Twelve will go along with them. So that's the information I've got this morning. And I was in, you know, in touch with my uh, source over the weekend. You know that the commissioners met last night, and uh, you know, as of yesterday. Uh, well, last night at 7 o'clock, the Big Ten may pull the plug tomorrow morning. Um, I even had uh, my source telling me on some of the votes the uh, Big Ten presidents 12 to 2 not to play. Pac 12 doesn't want to be the first to cancel. Oklahoma and Texas are fighting the rest of the Big 12 to try to salvage the season. Mid-American Conference dropped the football season in the fall. They don't have the money to test. Safety a big issue, but the money was the impetus. Northern Illinois was pulling out, and that led the charge in the Mid-American Conference. So there's a lot going on. It could still change. My source said, hey, everything is on the table right now. It is the wild, wild west. But the latest is, That the Big Ten and Pac-12 will cancel tomorrow. ACC Big 12 on the fence. The SEC is trying to get a delay to have teams join them. The SEC is looking at exclusive TV contracts. So, we'll talk to Pat Forte who covers college football. He'll join us uh, on loan from Sports Illustrated. But this is hour to hour. You know, it is fluid. You got players who want to play. And, you know, so... You know, Trevor Lawrence is out there, you know, saying, Hey, we want to play. You got a lot of people who are involved in this. Uh, you know, politics is playing a role in this. Certain states, certain conferences, commissioners. What's the NCAA do? It's all on the table. But, uh, as I get more information, I'll let you know. But that's the latest as of, you know, nine oh five Eastern this morning. This program is brought to you by Raycon. Raycon Wireless Earbuds, the way to go. Get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Patrick. That's buyraycon.com slash Patrick. And I'm sure once this information gets out, you'll probably have one or two of these conferences refuting what I'm saying here. But nobody's ready to announce anything yet. This is what I'm told that the announcement will be with Pac-12 Big Ten. it's scheduled to be tomorrow morning. But I, I was told this, and this was really important. Nobody wants to be the first of the big five conferences to tap out first. That the Pac-12 is probably going to be that conference, but it feels like the Big Ten is, is going to take the initiative here. And then you're going to have the Big 12. you got Oklahoma and Texas saying to these other schools, we want to play and we need you to play here. And I don't know where those votes are. I just know it was overwhelming that the Big Ten, with their presidents, they were not going to play football. 12-2. to 2. That that was the vote total. Pac-12 wants to do the same, just didn't want to be the first to do it. Big Ten could do it and wouldn't take as much, you know, receive as much uh, criticism or blowback as the Pac-12 would, from what I'm told. But uh, the SEC, with what's going on, uh, trying to see what they can salvage here, and maybe you have a college football season. Maybe it's the SEC, and it's only the SEC, but. Uh, and I didn't get this answer yet from my source, and maybe Pat Forty can tell me, is what changed? You had conference schedules that went out last week. We had the ACC and then the SEC. We had the Big Ten. I don't know what happened in the span of five days. So in the span of five days, something happened, something changed. Because the Big Ten put out their schedule five days ago. So now all of a sudden I got... 12-2 to vote that the Big Ten's not going to play football? Now, remember when Connecticut canceled their fall program, football program? And I said, well, there's a couple things there. They're an independent. They were losing some uh, games on their schedule. It's not a big revenue producing. Now, all of a sudden, and, and we wondered if other schools, conferences would follow suit. And from what I'm told, what happened with Connecticut did not impact, would not impact the Power Five conferences because they do have the money for testing. They do have the safety precautions and guidelines that would be in place here. So that's what's confusing. It feels like there were, for some of these bigger schools, the opportunity to stay safer being on campus, getting tested, actually being part of the football program. Uh, I don't know what happened in five days, but something did. Uh, You know, and I said this last week, it felt like some people were in denial. Uh, If we have football, great. All for it. Want it. Need it. Uh, It certainly makes my job easier. But it felt like we were in denial of trying to pull this off. My source said, the NFL is going to happen. The NFL will start the season. He said, I don't know if they'll finish the season, but they will start the season. He said, "You can guarantee that," but college football, he said, "It it just there's there's too many moving parts." You know, the NFL might be like Major League Baseball. I mean, Major League Baseball is somehow going to get through this, but it's going to be a mess because they had another rough week. You know, the the Cardinals. When are they going to how how are they going to get all these games in? Do you realize the the Miami Marlins are going to play 15 games in 11 days? And four double-headers. And they're bringing people off the street right now. How are you going to... I mean, the pitching staff's here. Like it's, they're somehow, as I told you from the beginning, all they wanted to do is get to the postseason. That's it. That's all they want to do. Get to the postseason. Just saw this from uh, Tom Pelissero his tweet on the uh, NFL draft. Tom works for the NFL Network. If college football moves to the spring, what happens to the draft scheduled for April 29th through May 1st in Cleveland? The collective bargaining agreement says each draft shall be held no later than June 1st. So any delay beyond that would require approval by the players union. I'm told even spring football is a dream right now. And I don't know, you know, are we going to have a vaccine? Like, what would be different in the spring that we don't have now? That's what I was told. Uh, Once again, it's a lot to take in, and it was a lot for me to take in an hour ago, and then all of a sudden you're going, okay, Big Ten, Pac-12, cancel tomorrow, ACC, Big 12 on the fence. SEC is trying to see if they can pick off some of these schools and see if they want to join them. Now, can you get – I don't know that the two schools in the Big Ten – I have an idea that they probably said that they wanted to play football. Do
2: these two schools hate each other?
4: I don't know. I'm not sure because, look, Wisconsin's big revenue producing. Penn State, big revenue. Obviously, Ohio State. Then you have Michigan. Michigan State. But I can ask my source if, you know, can you tell me the uh, two schools or the two presidents that said, no, we want to play in the Big Ten. But if you can get Texas and Oklahoma from the Big 12 and they're going to join you in the SEC – You got a super conference, but this year is going to change the NCAA. It is. It will change. We're going to eventually redefine the NCAA in a lot of different categories here. Can you get unions here? What about pay? Um, You know, you had the uh, Pac-12 commissioner, Larry Scott, who said this is a PR move by these players in the the Pac-12, and he doesn't want to address it anymore. So things are changing, seismic shifts here. But uh, college football, as we know it, is not going to play this this uh, this fall. You might have you might have conferences, and you go back to when we had the commissioner, of the SEC on, uh, and we've had him on a couple of times, Greg Sankey, and I said, can we see a scenario where the SEC just plays SEC football and that's it? And he didn't want to go down that road, but I'm told that's what the SEC, the SEC looks at themselves as, I mean, they're different. They're different than any other school, any other conference. And they're approaching it that way. Would I be surprised if we had SEC football and maybe a couple of outliers there? No. But I do think these other conferences are probably going to close up shop here. And it, I, I want to I caution you once again, and this is what my source said, this can change. It can change. Because everything has been changing in the span of 24, 48, 72 hours. Nobody's going to make an announcement today. And I'm sure that people in these local markets are going to be calling their athletic directors or their coaches and trying to get them on record to say, hey, Dan Patrick is saying this. My source is telling me, right now, this is what's happening in those conferences. And this is going to be a long day with college football. Because you're going to have a lot of people trying to make a decision, and they might not be ready to make that decision. Now you have to. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. I told the Danettes, I said, I don't know if uh, this news is going to last till the top of the hour when we start the show, but I got some information for you here. So you guys are just hearing it for the first time. And I know we have questions. We talked about this pre-show where what changed from last week to this week other than now we're getting closer that, you know, students are going back to school. You, you have the, the risk and the reward here. There's liability. Liability is the key word that I heard over the weekend. Liability—if you know the students go back, they get sick, or they're asymptomatic, they come home. Somebody else gets sick. What if a coach gets sick? Just the liability here, and the risk and the reward. But it's—it's uh, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And you had all these commissioners who had an emergency meeting on Sunday. So those are the things that were discussed. Yeah,
2: Paul. I'm most curious, other than college football, is the NFL having meetings this morning making plans for the fall if there's no college football? Saturday becomes wide open. Primetime Saturday night becomes wide open for them. Are they going to say, let's get a national TV schedule for Saturdays and get it in place in case college football taps out?
4: I don't know how that works with the collective bargaining agreement. That it feels like they've modified all summer long here that why not throw an, an addendum in there a clause in there but when could you play Saturday football games and how does that affect work week and I I don't I don't know a
2: lot of money there oh absolutely two more national prime a national primetime game on yeah. Saturday and a national game even if you just did two games on Saturday absolutely oh I get
4: it and with the NFL I'm I'm Certain, you know, the, the uh, benevolent, philanthropic, altruistic NFL would go, well, all right, we're going to help out the college football fans who don't have something to watch, so we're going to play a couple NFL games on Saturday. Maybe ABC wants to pony up a billion dollars, and uh, that would be nice. I mean, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Yes, Todd?
5: I think that's something that can totally happen, and I would love to see Sally
4: in Sunday games. Thank you, Todd. Uh, McLovin, you got a poll question for me today.
1: Yes. Uh, one college football question. I don't know if you want to get the audience's viewpoint on this. Do you think they should have a college football season? How do you think the audience would vote? Well, we want it to happen. I mean, that's
4: why when I hear, you know, some of these analysts or hosts saying that there are people in the media rooting against this. I'm not. I don't want to be... I'm I'm not that insecure that I want to be the guy who says I told you so. I I would love to be told over and over and over that I was wrong about this because it makes my job harder. College football is fun. Love it. I watch action. I watch Tuesday night or Wednesday games. I watch the whack, the mac, the sack, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't even know if there is a sack. Sure there. But I'm watching it. So whack. I'm watching the so whack, the Mac and the whack, something like that. But I'm not rooting against it. Yeah, Did we see. get the commissioner of the sack on Yeah. <laughs> today? Have we called for him? Yeah, he's hard to get. Yeah,
5: he is a little tough to
4: reach. Yeah. Um, he's nuts. Uh, what? Yeah, I want football, love football, not rooting against. It's not like, oh my gosh, you know, I need my ego stroke just so I can say, I told you so. God, I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, thought th- I didn't think the NBA was going to happen. It's here. And I've heard from friends saying, yeah, I thought you said it wasn't going to happen. I, absolutely. I said baseball would start. I didn't think baseball would finish. Maybe it will. But just to understand, my opinions... Are facts, they're, they're, they're based in getting information from somebody. It's not where I go, I'm hearing, and I'm thinking this might happen. I don't do that to you. I'm giving you information that I get. I take no pride, no glee in going, hey, I'm hearing the Pac-12 and Big Ten are going to shut down football this season. None. Don't need a scoop. Don't need my name and headlines with it. But for this audience, I'm true to you in what I tell you. But I don't take any joy whatsoever saying, boy, can't wait to tell them and break the news here. I'm not Woj or Jay Glazer, Adam Schefter. That's not my job. But when we have it, hopefully we present it to you in a professional way. If I get more information, I'll tell you. I'll update you on it. But I trust my sources. They've given me great information, you know, the last decade, uh, and I trust him in this situation as well. Yes, Paulie.
2: By the way, the sack is real, Dan. Don't sleep on the sack. The South Athletic Conference, Catawba, Carson Newman, Lenore Ryan, a Limestone, amongst the luminaries, and that they're based in Rock Hill, South Carolina. The South Athletic Conference. Remember the
4: Catawba Claw, Dan? You remember? Oh yeah, I have a jersey. I, I have, uh, somebody sent me one of their jerseys. All right, let me take a break here. Did Lance Allworth go to Catawba? Wasn't he? No. He went to Arkansas. Lance, I think I think Lance Allworth Bucky was,
2: Pope was the Catawba Claw. Bucky Pope. Yes, the Catawba Claw. He's a wide receiver. Sack out. legend. Sack legend. Bucky S- Pope.
4: If you criticize him, you know what it is, Todd. They're getting a little testy? Sacrilegious. <laughs> oh, that you was. Sac- that one. Religious.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was
4: and a real duel
3: right there. some I don't angry
4: know. Okay. emails.
5: They are getting a little testy. Stop making fun of the side. I'm just saying. Okay.
4: <laughs> we can make anything in a corny humor. <laughs> yeah. I start out with college football is going to. The curtain's coming down on college football. All right, let me take a break here. Pat, For- is Pat Forty joining us? He's coming joining up next. In? But that's
5: a good poll question. Sacrilegious or testy? Okay.
4: Uh, tell 40 what my information is so he's not surprised when he joins us here.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app.
4: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not
0: believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
2: If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could.
3: You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope, I was wrong. Hmm. Because then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly...
4: Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Lite, my friend right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. I would lose. No, you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling, only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. Let's bring in Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated senior writer here. You're usually the one, uh, the bearer of bad news, but I beat you to the punch here uh, 15 minutes ago here, Pat. So just a recap, we got the Big Ten and Pac-12. They are scheduled to cancel uh, fall sports coming up tomorrow. You have the Big 12 and you have the ACC on the fence, and the SEC is looking at TV contracts, see if they can maybe bring in some schools. So, what has happened? What has changed since last week? Here,
7: <laughs> well, a few things changed. I mean, only in college sports, Dan. Is it possible that you're releasing schedules all last week, getting people excited, and then on Saturday morning, basically Northern Illinois goes into a meeting in the Mid American Conference, says we're not playing, and all of a sudden everybody's like, "Oh, if you're not going to play, maybe we shouldn't play." And then the Mid American Conference, the number nine or ten conference in the nation, says we're not gonna play. And nobody else is like, Oh, I guess we're not gonna play either. It's I mean, it's unbelievable that this could happen in the space of a weekend. Now, I think the Big Ten was tracking that way all along. Or certainly for the last week, even yeah. before that, Kevin Warren, the commissioner, has been the most cautious and guarded of all the power five commissioners, talking about the season I think the winds were blowing that way strongly during the week. The Mid-American Conference probably stuck a finger in the air and said, if the Big Ten's going, well, we're probably going to go first.
4: Yeah, it felt like that you got the uh, commissioners together, that they wanted to be all in on this and not have, you know, an outlier. And the SEC may be that outlier, but we thought that that was a possibility anyway the last couple of months here. I know that the Pac-12 didn't want to be the first to announce this. Then I think the Big Ten was maybe going to take that preemptive strike and say, all right, we'll be the ones to announce it. And then the Pac-12, I don't know what happens with the ACC and the Big 12, but could you see where the SEC goes alone and says, we're going to play X number of games here and have a conference champion and we'll have a mythical national champion?
7: I think it'd be highly improbable. We reported last night and really over the weekend that by the end of this week, everybody will be out and there will be no fall football. Uh, You know, I think that, I I think the big 12 is closer to going the way of the big 10 and Pac 12 than most people think the ACC is more closely in line with where the sec is, but I think ultimately they all realize we're not going to play. Uh, There may still be some people pushing for it in the sec, but here's why you can't really be the outlier and go it alone. First of all, if all the other conferences with all of their medical experts and all their presidents say, we don't think it is safe for the players. Is the SEC supposed to say, we really don't care (laughs) whether it's safe for the players we're going because we like football. I don't think that's going to happen. And the other thing is a lot of the state schools in that league have pushed really hard at the presidential level to enhance the academic profiles of their schools, specifically Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi and South Carolina. They want out of state tuition dollars by making the school a better place. If you say we're a football power and we want to play football, and we don't care about the pandemic. That's not going to help you at admissions time.
4: How does this affect these uh, players who would be eligible for the NFL draft? If, if you think about it, these one year wonders that we've had recently, you know, Dwayne Haskins, where would Joe Burrow be? Uh, Kyler Murray. These guys who, and, you know, I'm talking about just quarterbacks, but there are a lot of positions here. There are a lot of players who came out of nowhere. Joe Burrow was a fifth-round draft pick, and then yeah. he had the magical season and is the number one pick overall. Dwayne Haskins comes out of nowhere. Kyler Murray out of baseball. Um, yeah. What no, Now I, what do they do?
7: I don't know. I mean, that's it's tough for those guys. You feel bad? Look, I feel bad for all the players, and it's been amazing to watch, you know, Tyler or Trevor Lawrence basically unionized college football at midnight last night, you know, uh, these guys, they want to play a lot of them do. And yeah, for the, for the established stars who aren't going to play because they're not, there's no way they're playing in the spring to the up and coming guys, to the hidden gems that you were talking about, this takes away a big opportunity for them. And yeah, you can try to play in the spring. Sure. And some guys would be happy to play and try to help improve their stock. Then, but this is—I mean—it puts a major crimp in in the entire trickle down of football from the NFL through college to high school recruiting. Everything is on hold and up in the air.
4: What do you think happens today?
7: Uh, to, you know, I don't know whether if you know if the Big Ten will wait until tomorrow on this. Uh, there's a scheduled meeting uh, for Pac-12 presidents tomorrow, or if something happens today, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I. I would expect, as you as you obviously said, those two are going to be probably first. I do think the Big Ten was trying to get everybody on the same page, since everybody was mad at the Big Ten in July for preempting everyone on the schedule. They were all supposed to be on the same page then, uh, but I think the other conferences too are going to be right there behind them as far as the the group of five leagues. Uh, you know, today here's what I think today the players will continue to make a social media push to try to make their voices heard to say, hey, let's reconsider. And good for them, but it's not going to be enough.
4: Yeah, I was told liability. That was the key word, that liability with these universities and if something happens and, you know, what it would cost them. You know, the risk and the reward, uh, the risk isn't worth the reward. But can you make a case, though, Pat, that at these Power Five conferences who do have the money to test and, and, you know, unlike the Mid-American Conference, that they are safer on campus then maybe they would be if they were at home and, uh, you know, socializing.
7: Sure. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, the players should will probably stay on campus. I mean, unless these campuses are going to close down to students, most of them are having students on campus, not all of them, but most of them. So, you know, I, I don't anticipate the Ohio State team and the Michigan team going home, per se. I think they will stay there unless they want to opt out and work out for the draft. So, you know, I think you'll stay there and you'll still be in a situation where you're probably getting – uh, routine testing and you're working out there, and they're trying to make things as safe as possible. Uh, I think another big factor, Dan, is worry about heart conditions. There has been a few players here and there who have said, "Hey, my heart is not right." Uh, there have been doctors who have said they've got that. Some players have had enlarged hearts, myocarditis, and that really got the attention of the presidents. My colleague Ross Dellinger did a good story on that. Just that when you start talking to presidents about unknown long-term heart damage and you to your point of liability do you want to be on the hook if you got five players with heart damage
4: yeah you bring that up and and I was told that uh, they're seeing players if they may be asymptomatic but a couple of weeks after the fact they're starting to see some issues with their hearts with some of these players granted it might be a small sample here but these are things that you know a university is liable and they realize this that just, you know, what would happen with lawsuits here if something happened? So I think that's why they're, you know, I think they were in denial for a long time. And I I just think that now as we get closer to classes starting and kids coming to, on campus, the reality hit home.
7: Yeah, no, they, they pushed the decision so far down the road, as far as they could. Yeah. And we're in denial, like, hey, we can pull this off. Can't we? Sure we can. Let's put on a show. And, you know, they, the closer you get to it, the more there's just too many problems facing it. And now, you know, we'll see if they can get together and come up with a plan for the spring. There's no good spring options, but is there a spring option that's close enough to good that you can do? Or have they just been sitting there with wishful thinking about the fall and not even thought about the spring yet?
4: Yeah. If you could interview one person on the record involved in all of this, who would you want to interview? Coach,
7: player? Um, I think I would interview probably – Gene Smith at Ohio State the athletic director there because I you know they're the flagship program of that conference and I think he's a smart man and they've got a great season ahead but they're not they're putting on the brakes on this and I want to know what exactly are the concerns from a health standpoint that have made you want to stop an incredibly good season at a place that cares incredibly much about college football.
4: Yeah, that's the surprising element here. When I told you that there were two schools in the Big Ten that were pushing to play, you probably would have thought Ohio State for sure. And now I find out that it's uh, Nebraska and it's Iowa. Does that surprise you at all?
7: Nebraska doesn't surprise me at all. The second one, from inklings I had gotten, it wasn't going to be Ohio State. I thought maybe Purdue uh, because Mitch Daniels, the president there, former governor of Indiana, has been pretty bullish on trying to, let's reopen, let's normalize. So yeah. I wouldn't have guessed uh, Iowa, but Nebraska, yeah.
4: Good to talk to you again, Pat. Thanks for joining us as always. Great great work over the weekend.
7: Thank you. Optimism 2021.
4: Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated, senior writer. Fox Sports Radio
6: has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: Chris Haynes, he's a peacemaker. Yahoo's senior NBA insider, working with NBA on TNT as a sideline reporter and host of Post It Up with Chris Haynes. The podcast covered the Blazers' loss to the Clippers, Pacers went over the Lakers on Saturday, and you got the Blazers Mavs tomorrow on TNT. How's morale inside the bubble, Chris?
8: Well, I, I think it's depending on who you talk to, Dan. You know, some teams are, you know, mathematically eliminated, and they're they eager to get off campus as soon as um that last game concludes. So for them, they're, they're ecstatic.
4: What kind of gossip you got going on down there? Not just basketball wise. What what do you hear? What, what's the word on the street?
8: <laughs> gossip, DP. What you looking for, DP? Oh, I don't
4: know. I'm just you know I, I just I'm kind of curious here. You're a man about town. You got your sure. ear to the ground there
8: i do i do have my ear to the ground you know sometimes my ear goes in places it shouldn't go DP, but I, i'll say i'll say this dp overall the guys are doing an unbelievable job with social distancing and staying in their rooms and not bringing any you know company in the room and they're following orders and protocols from what i can see dp so i'll leave it at that
4: is there recruiting going on do you think a super team emerges from the bubble next year, that, that one day we'll look back on the bubble and these players will say, yeah, we all got together. And that's how we came up with this idea.
8: I think, I think it's inevitable. I don't know if a super team will be formed from this, but I think it's inevitable that recruiting is going on. And I'm not saying recruiting, uh, I've seen it, but I remember the first, like the first few days I was here, uh, when I was one of the, uh, long, uh, reporters here on campus, And Donovan Mitchell and Kyle Kuzma were walking around together looking for food and actually came into the the dining area, which I I was eating. And I just saw, you know, I just found that Mm. fascinating. Uh, And, you know, those guys, they're close. I believe the same draft. And um, I just found it fascinating. But that was just the first time I seen guys intermingling with um, other guys on other teams. And so, no, I I think it's inevitable that there will be recruiting taking place here. Super team, I don't know if super team, but, no, nah, for sure. Everybody's congregating. is bound to happen. I
4: mentioned that when the Lakers lose, it's headlines. When the Clippers lose, it's not. When any – the Bucks lose, like, it's it's not headline worthy. But with the Lakers, you know, they ended up losing. They've lost a few in a row here. Their offense is supposed to be suspect here. Are there real concerns about the Lakers as they go into the playoffs?
8: No, I think there's, there's valid concerns. I mean, they're, they're trying to put in, a you know, in, incorporate a few more pieces into the fold. You know, they're trying to get Deion Waiters in, J.R. Smith. Um, you know, obviously they were without outrage on Rondo. And their offense is, I believe, is still last um, during this bubble right now. And so they were one of the hottest teams before this hiatus. So there's definitely concern going into the playoffs.
4: But if you start to look at, you know, the Clippers lost last night to the Nets. Now – I don't know if they cared about winning that game. Like, do we ignore that, that the Clippers lost to the Nets last
8: night? Nah, because look at what Doc did in that game against the Portland Trailblazers. He sat Paul George. He sat his main guys in the fourth quarter of the game. And so there there are people who think that they're trying to make sure L.A. has a tough out in that first round because they were basically looked like they were trying to get Portland that game. And that's the game that. You know, you know, ended up starting a, a little verbal feud with Damian Lillard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly. And uh, they missed two uh, um, free throws towards the end of the game and they lost. And so Clippers, they're fine with where they're at. Um, and I think for the most part, we understand, you know, how the Clippers do about resting guys and doing the load management. So their losses aren't criticized more so than the Lakers because it's the Lakers and LeBron and those guys, they tend to play every game.
4: Explain to me this feud with uh, Damian Lillard and uh, Patrick Beverly and Paul George.
8: Well, look, man, look, I, I will say this about Patrick Beverly. I'll say this about Patrick Beverly. He, I believe before this bubble started, he said that Damian Lillard was the toughest player for him to guard. So there's respect there. Like I didn't expect, you know, the antics Patrick Beverly did. Like that's expected. That's what he does. Paul George, on the other hand, look. I was at I was at this NBA 2K release party last summer, and Dame was there, KD was there, Paul George came later, and so I'm talking with Dame and KD, and then Paul George starts to come over, and so I automatically look at Dame, and Dame spots him, but that that was it. But I bring that up because that was the first time Dame has saw Paul George or spoke to Paul George since Paul George um you know got bounced in the first round by you know with that that shot from Dame. And um Paul at that time said, I believe it was like a lucky shot. Yeah. That was a lucky shotty shot. And so Dame <laughs> sees Paul for the first time. Paul comes over and I'm watching. I'm watching, like I want to see this. I knew, I knew they haven't spoken talked before. So Paul comes over and Dame, you know, they talk and Paul was like, hey, bro, my bad, man. Like, my bad. I was, you know, I was in my feelings and, you know, I mean, it was just let the heat of the moment. So, Dame, they talked and chatted up and kind of patched things up. But then, you know, now, you know, now what happened this this past time, I, I don't, you know, I don't know how Dane feels. I'm going to talk to him later in the interview today, but I don't know really how he feels about Paul. Right. now. Well,
4: you had Patrick Beverly who was falling all over the 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 floor. He was laughing when Lillard missed the two free throws, and Paul George is laughing and they're chirping there. I got those two guys have nothing to chirp about against Damian Lillard.
8: Yeah, like I said, that's Patrick Beverly. He's going to do that. To <laughs> he does that to he does that to LeBron. You know what I mean? So I don't. Hold on, I got room service coming in, right? Um, no, no, no house cleaning, please. Thank you. No, no, not, <laughs> not, not, not Come back in like thirty minutes, please. Thank you. Sorry about that, DP. Uh, they, 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 they come here thoroughly. Was that Chris mean? Mannix? <laughs> no, that, that was that not was, Mannix. Oh, Mannix! No, my not cleaning my room. Okay, my room That's not him. Okay. Uh, but,
4: <laughs> you weren't
8: ordering my, food. That
4: was room. That was uh, somebody so, to clean your room.
8: Clean my room. Oh, okay, I thought, okay. It, I thought it was my food, but it was somebody coming. Oh, okay.
4: All right, all right. Well, we'll hurry up then. Uh, we're we're talking to Chris Haynes the uh, Yahoo senior NBA insider, NBA on TNT sideline reporter. He's got Blazers in the Mavs tomorrow on TNT. I've been talking about uh, Luca. And at his age, I said, he's better than Larry Bird at this age. Larry was still in college. So then people go, you know, as soon as you say Larry Bird, they're like, yeah, you can't say that. Well, I have to look at what Luca's doing, just the sheer numbers. And I know he's not doing it on a big stage the way Bird did, where they were winning championships. But what Luca is doing now at 21 is everybody as impressive, if not more so than what Bird was doing at 21, because he was still in college. How do you look at what Luke is doing in the bubble? Because it feels like a lot of guys are putting up some big numbers in the bubble. Are these true, real numbers?
8: No, these are true, real numbers. Look, man, you can't not dismiss the production that he's giving his team and, and what he's showing, You know, with the talent he's putting on display. And what I like about him is that he loves the hoop. I spoke to him yesterday. And, you know, he's really big on like team camaraderie. It kind of reminds me of LeBron James, how LeBron James likes to have you know, all of his teammates with him, you know, on off days, just doing things together. And Luca is just a basketball junkie. And so, you know, he loves his atmosphere. You know, he he says similar to, you know, over there in Europe, the way, you know, the way that they would play and have teams, you know, just at the same location. So he's loving this. And what I like about him, I, I was able to speak with some of the coaching staff, and it was just like, he doesn't overwhelm you with speed, quickness, athleticism. But he has a changing of pace skill that you just can't teach a lot of young guys. You know what I mean? Like it's hard. Like you, you may look at him like he's slow. He's slow, and he's going by some of the quickest defenders we have in this league. And the reason why he changes his speed, he's really deceptive in that. And then he has a step back that you just is unguardable most of the time. So he he has an eye for the game, man. He he is polished. Uh, I, I think it's a, a valid comparison when you talk about Larry Bird because he was the same way somebody wasn't overly quick but just knew how to knew how to use his speed just right to get back get past the opponent
4: and that's why when i look at luca when people say well would you rather have luca or uh, zion i said i'm gonna i'm gonna bet on uh, luca because he's not in a race against his body zion is in a race against his body and you know he hasn't looked in shape um and i don't know what he's going to be like in five years i don't know if he is larger um He's not as explosive as he was a year ago at Duke. Um, you know, so I, I don't think it's an argument there. Luca would be by far and away who I would take. Zion might bring in more seats, more eyeballs. But, you know, now you have the Pelicans who bowed out. Uh, what do you make of their – pro? like, look at big picture with uh, the Pelicans. Because um, Lonzo was really disappointing in the bubble. But I do like that they're young, and I love Ingram there as well. But uh, what do they need?
8: Well, they, they need um, Zion to stay healthy, first and foremost. That's that's the cornerstone of that franchise. And um, how he goes, I think the franchise is going to go as well. Uh, with that being said, you know, they have a decision to make with Brandon Ingram. He's a free agent this offseason. I was actually surprised Brandon came and played um, in, in this restart. You know, he played so well during the uh, course of the season that it was like, I felt like he might be one of those guys to say, you know what? My value can't go anything but down. Yeah. If I go and play, um, but look, DP, they're excited, but look, I want to get to Zion. I going to stay on that because he, he's the guy when you're talking about the Pelicans, man, like they have to figure something out. And obviously I think if you look at the actions of the Pelicans and how they handled Zion, either he wasn't completely healthy, but you know, they, they denied that, or they really didn't value this restart. And And it wasn't a main priority because they had the easiest schedule. And so most people were feeling like, you know, the league was trying to make sure the Pelicans got in there. And the league, you know, if the league did that or not, we don't know. But the Pelicans sure didn't take advantage of that or didn't try to take advantage of that. So that that leads me to believe that they're playing a long game with him, want to make sure that he's healthy moving forward. But, you know, if that kid, if he's not able to get us together physically, um, they're going to be in a heap of trouble.
4: Yeah, I know. Uh, Draymond Green, who's not in the bubble, was on TNT and uh, he was, you know, trying to provide some headlines there. And he said the following about Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns.
8: Asking me about. Gotcha. It's great to see Book playing well and Phoenix playing well, but get my man out of Phoenix. It's not good for him. It's not good for his career. Sorry, Chuck. But uh, wow. they got to get Book out of Phoenix. I need my man to go somewhere where he can play great basketball all the time and win because he's that type of player. Are you tampering? Maybe.
4: <laughs> well, that cost him 50 large there. Uh, uh, what did you make, make of Draymond Green?
8: Well, I was actually on a boat fishing when I broke that, uh, that he was getting uh, 50,000. So that's the first time I've been on a boat breaking the story, uh, but I, I'll say that. I'll say, look, it, it, it's unfortunate. I understand why the league ha- has, has, has to do that. Um, but, you know, he was on TNT. He was on a show where, you know, they have personalities and Draymond is a personality. Like I think he's going to be great for TV for his personality and for his analysis that he provides. But it, that that's the part of the player where, you know, you get on those platforms and, you know, you still aren't free. You're not free like Chuck. You know, you're still a player. Yeah. You know, you're still an active player. So that's the tough spot about being put in those roles when you're an active player. Like, you want to come out and say some of the things that you truly believe, but then you get penalized for doing so because you're active. So, uh, you know, I, I think he learned. That's a hefty line <laughs> on, on your day off when you're in offseason. <laughs> you <know? laughs> that's pretty hefty right there.
4: And uh, Ernie Johnson didn't help him by saying, uh, are you tampering
8: yeah, but DP, I think I think what what got on that fine was the fact that he said Devin Booker needs to get out of Phoenix. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I don't think necessarily the the Tia up by Ernie say, Are you tampering? Because I think once you're saying a player needs to get out of Phoenix, that was it. But do you that, that,
4: was Draymond correct in saying that Devin Booker needs to
8: get <laughs> <laughs> so now you try to do what Ernie did?
4: <laughs> you can't get fined for tampering.
8: I five, but I can hear it from the Suns if I say something
4: like that. <laughs> i You know what? I'll pay for your room service if you, you know, <laughs> if, if you get yelled at by the Phoenix Suns. Hey, uh, great to great to uh, see you, Chris, and uh, have fun with the Blazers and the Mavs. Who has more points between Damian Lillard and Luca I'm
8: tomorrow night? I'm going with that,
4: Yeah, forty. Over under is forty for Dame.
8: I'm going 40. I'm right. going, going You'll go 40. over? Okay. All right.
4: All right. Uh, great to talk to you, Chris. Thanks for joining us as always.
8: Take
4: care, my guy. Uh, that's Chris Haynes, Yahoo's Senior NBA Insider. You'll see him on the sidelines of the uh, Mavs and the Blazers coming up tomorrow. Be sure to catch the live edition of the
6: Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the I Radio app.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi. Checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. Restrictions apply prime membership required for add-on subscriptions see amazon dot com slash Amazon prime for details
2: If I could eat bacon for every meal I think i would i don't think I would breakfast, lunch dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could
3: you know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was uh turns out nope, I was wrong because hmm. then I tried right brand bacon and honestly. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself.
2: Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon.
4: I want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need. A premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL and NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about Timeless Legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL, featuring the biggest names, Caitlin Clark's in there, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. Some of the first opportunities to collect this year's Rookie Class, whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. they got Prism, Select, Donruss, and so many more. And you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instant. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show so the backroom guys have their own podcast it's called the 1215 club and it's every friday after meet friday then they have their podcast i was their first guest their first uh episode that was the previous week and then they brought in fritzy for uh, this past friday now todd talked on the show last week about cheating and he didn't understand what cheating is or was cheating on tests in school and, and he graduated second in his class in high school. And I asked him if he'd ever cheated. And Todd said, well, you know, he might look over at somebody's answer just to compare them. Now I told the Danettes, now I'm listening to the podcast on Friday. And I said, this is a bombshell. What Todd Fritz is going to admit here because you have prided yourself in your academic standing you say you're a uh, honorable man, and you avoided women all through college to just focus on your education. <laughs> you did a great job. And Fritzy was uh, asked on the uh, the twelve fifteen podcast about cheating, and this is what Fritzy had to say.
5: I think I'm going to step. I'm going to put my foot in it again by saying this, but I wasn't so much that I changed an answer I already had, but. And I guess this is cheating, but I'll do what I'll just share it. Um, there, there might have been a few that I left blank, and I had no idea what to write. And then, you know, you look to your left or right, and whatever it was, if it was a math test, and they wrote 12 and three quarters, or whatever it was, or three times 10 to the negative, and, and then you write it after having no answer there, I guess that would be cheating. But, you know, sitting there erasing things or crossing things out, that wasn't really my kind of cheating. The only cheating I did was checking with what I wrote was the same, or once in a while, I can't leave it blank, I might as well give it a shot. And if Greg Kirshner to my left, or Eddie Lefkowitz to my Right, write, two very bright kids, both have 12 and three quarters, and I got nothing. I'm writing 12 and three quarters, too. Todd, that's cheating. That does sound cheating, isn't it?
4: No, 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 it is. You said, I surface. guess that's cheating. You don't have something. You have a blank. You look over at Eddie's paper, and you take what he has written down... You're not comparing your answers.
5: Because if you leave it blank, you're definitely going to get it wrong. Yes. You're going to get no credit But for you that. led us to believe that you were so smart. It was very occasionally that I did that. But I guess, you know. But you guess did that would cheat. Be cheated.
4: You cheated.
5: A lot more was checking an answer I already read. But
4: you cheated.
5: But there was a couple of times where I'm like, I just don't know what to put there. And they're saying 12 and 3 quarters. These kids are right there like in the top 10, top 20. I students. asked
4: Paulie to try to get a hold of... The principal, or somebody in the academic uh, community, or, I think your academics are in jeopardy here.
5: Big asterisk next to the uh, salutatorial. Yeah.
3: yeah, see. I think there is just a huge difference, though, between looking at someone's paper and bringing in the answers or having like a cheat sheet. So I, I think what Todd is admitting to doing is a more socially acceptable form of cheating <laughs> and i don't think that his records should be tainted no, in any way he cheated he, he, he didn't really che- he just looked at somebody else's paper and wrote down he the answer he didn't write the answers down on like his
4: thigh or something well, and pull up his shorts to look at them well i, you know never, what I mean i never did that so I didn't cheat in my academic career either no and I still didn't graduate anywhere near the top of my class yes Paul.
2: it's it's similar to when Todd went into the store with his wife and bought the dishes and walked out without being charged for them for mm. somehow and not bring them back it's not he didn't steal the dishes. But he didn't really turn them, bring them back when he had the chance.
5: I rationalize it by saying these are way overpriced. So it should be, <laughs> if you think about it, two for the price of one anyway, if you think of all the things that they well, charge If you're going to
4: rationalize, then you would say, man, these questions are so hard, they shouldn't be on a test. Yeah, They're not fair. But a, be- but a
5: couple of plates for 100 bucks, and then another couple of plates for another $100, bucks. i am like, this, this should be 100 for both sets if you think about it anyway. So I'm just going to so pay So you your
4: chance. status in comparison to McLovin, really just slipped quite there's, there's some questions. oh marks. i cheated
1: all the time too by the way i just wouldn't admit it on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> a how did you get me. straight a's at school you guys obviously were uh, doing I, it wrong
4: i didn't
6: want to put in the effort to cheat fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iheart radio app search fsr to listen live
4: this weekend, the Mid-American Conference became the first FBS conference to call off games for the fall. And as I mentioned the last couple of hours, the information I got was Northern Illinois was the one that started this. Northern Illinois said, we're not going to play this year. The Mid-American Conference, uh, all of their presidents got together and then said, well, we're not going to play then as a conference. Now I'm getting information. I got information at 8 a.m. this morning that uh, the Big Ten – And the Pac-12 are scheduled to announce tomorrow that they will not be playing football in the fall. Some of the other information that I've received is that the ACC and the Big 12 are on the fence. Not quite sure if they're going to play or not. The SEC is trying to get a delay and have teams join them. The SEC is looking at exclusive TV contracts right now. Three Big Ten teams that my source spoke to said it's uh, done. It's a foregone conclusion that the Big Ten will not be playing football. There were two presidents... In the Big Ten, who voted to play, that was Nebraska and Iowa, just got report from uh, the Des Moines Register that Iowa has canceled their practice for today. That's all I know. Not a good sign. Um, so that's just some of the information that I've received so far this morning that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are, look. it looks like they're going to announce tomorrow that they're going to cancel. The ACC, Big 12. From what I'm hearing with the, um, the Big 12, I spent the whole weekend talking to this source because it, this was what was going on over the, the last 72 hours with college football. I don't know what changed from last week when the Big 10 announced its schedule. And then I go, what happened in the last five days? Uh, the Pac-12 didn't want to be the first conference to cancel from what I'm told. Oklahoma and Texas are fighting the rest of the Big 12 to continue playing football. The Mac dropped football because they don't want they don't have the money to test, safety a big issue, but money was the impetus. Northern Illinois was pulling out and led the charge. So just some of the information that I have this morning and got over the weekend. Uh, I had some people who reached out and said, well, you had Pat 40 on, you know, you say you're unbiased. Why don't you have Joel Klatt on and I love having Joel Klatt on. He's a great analyst for Fox sports. We've had him on many, many times. And um, I know that he said, Hey, you know, we want these players to speak up, get them back on the field. I'm rooting for college football. I need college football. I'm the one that watches the Mac. I'm the one that watches the noon game on ESPN when it's Maryland versus Rutgers by request. Joel Clatt on the program. Joel, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Uh, no problem. How are you? I'm doing okay here. Um, how do you sum up the past 24, 48 hours here with college football?
9: Uh, liability. Yep. That's how I sum, sum it up. You know, I think it, it has turned into um, an, an interesting um, case study in what happens when you actually get to the decision maker. Um you know, back, back when I was first married um, uh, to my wife, she was in business-to-business sales, and she would sell copiers, right? And it's one of the, like, toughest things to, to actually do. And, and the, the principle that she always talked about was that you've got to get to the decision-maker, right? So th- that's what she would try to do every time she walked into a business. Well, what we've been doing over the last few months, Dan, is we have not been getting to the decision-maker. Once the presidents got into the room and they started looking at this, not from a player safety aspect, from a, but from a liability aspect, they started looking for ways to punt. Because I want to be very clear. I believe, players believe, athletic directors believe, coaches believe, that the players are safer within the structure, the protocols, and the procedures of trying to play a college football season, testing twice a week, medical um, obviously available, the training, the nutrition, the structure of college football. They are safer in that environment, being tested, being monitored, being within all of those procedures than if they were to just say, hey, the season is canceled and, and you can go on your way. If they go out into the normal course of life, they are much more likely, I think, to contract the virus. Not only that, but they at times probably won't even know it because this age group uh, is majority of the case uh, asymptomatic when they contract the virus. So, again, I don't think that this is about trying to keep players safe because I think that they can keep players safer within the structure of football. I believe that this is about liability. So the only thing that changed from the time that schedules came out early last week to now is that the decision makers got in the room, the ones that are actually standing at the vault door of the financial shoestrings of these uh, universities. Because what they don't want to see is the growing crowd of liability lawyers that are out there and plaintiffs lawyers that are out there absolutely frothing at the mouth to try to bring a case against a university or a conference.
4: Yeah, that was the word that was uh, singled out for me this morning. Uh, and uh, my source said, I'll sum it up in one word, liability. So when you said that, um, you know, that's it just reinforces what is being said throughout college football right now. But can the SEC, from what I'm told, the SEC is trying to see if they can bring in some people and they're looking at, you know, uh, an exclusive TV contract. Like the SEC is still trying to get this up and running, uh, can you see maybe the SEC is an outlier playing football this year?
9: Yeah, I, I can. I, I think that this is what's so uh, fascinating about the structure or lack thereof of college football is that you know it's it's not. Um, one-size-fits-all, and and no one person is going to make the decision for every single conference, nor are they going to make the decision for every single university. Here's what I also think is interesting. Dan, you could take it a step further. I've talked to, uh, to at least two athletic directors that have told me, regardless of what their conference does, if their governor will allow it, they will go out and try to find football games. So think about so think about that, right? Like
4: State by State.
6: It
9: it is it is at to some degree the wild, wild west that we're entering into because of the lack of structure that we've all known about in college football and we've all lamented it in the form of like Oh, the postseason and the playoff, and why isn't there better scheduling and so on? But now it's like real world. Like, how do we get teams on on the field? How do we protect kids the best way that we possibly can? And I would just go back to the to the point, and I want to reiterate it, if you don't mind, is that I absolutely believe, and and most everybody that I talk to within the sport believes that the kids are going to be safer within the structure of college football than with uh, than outside of the structure of college football. So if if they punt on this season. It is not for health and safety reasons. I just, I, I firmly believe that.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I even brought that up to Pat Forty that, you know, aren't these football players, you know, the power five conferences that can afford this. I was told the Mid-American Conference doesn't have the money for all the testing that it was going to take. And Northern Illinois That's was, right. was pulling the cord on this. And so they said, "When well, then we have to shut this down. The Power well, Five. not knife. only
9: that, Dan, but they but they lost their revenue games, right? Their only revenue yeah. structure is to play, you know, basically for the, if you're the MAC, the Big Ten, yeah. or the maybe the ACC. And when you lose those revenue games because those conferences are going to go conference only. There's, there's no financial viability to even trying to play. But, yes, go ahead.
4: And that's the way it was with Connecticut. When Connecticut decided to shut down, they were an independent. Uh, it's not a big revenue-producing sport, and they had lost games in the ACC and uh, you know some of the other conferences. So they, they basically had no choice but to shut down. I just don't know if there's this movement with college players, some of the marquee players, Trevor Lawrence. Like, what can be done, do you think, over yeah. the next – four, five, six days. Um, Would players sign a waiver? Can you do something like that? Um, Is is there something to reduce the liability or remove liability? And how quickly can you do something like this?
7: You know,
9: I I don't know. I I wish I was smarter. I I would figure this thing out, right? But um, I I do know just procedurally, I think that there are a couple of things that I would want to speak to, and and that is the overall uh, structure of the schedule of college football as well as the everyday life of of the college football player. Okay, so I'll I'll speak to those two things. Let's start with the life of the college football player. If they're going to be within these testing protocols, then that bubble that is created, remember, is is a little bit different than any other sport because they can just be around their team. And if you're worried about them uh, congregating with other students on campus, then I think it's very easy by just putting all of their classes online. So you create a little bit of an academic bubble for the, for the football team. And most of these kids, by the way, and I know this is different from when, when all of us were in school, but most of these college football players are taking most of their classes online anyways. I would just move the entire football team, their entire schedule, to online classes. And then the next thing I would do is I, was at, I would actually expand the season, not the number of games, but the number of weeks that we'd be trying to play these games. Because the other element that these uh, decision-makers are talking about is that with a protocol or a procedure of a 14-day isolation or quarantine with positive tests, which we all know will be inevitable, I think that what they're finding out and seeing with, let's say, Major League Baseball is that it's going to be incredibly difficult to play every single game, and you're going to have cancellations and delays and and stops and starts and so on and so forth, and they're going to try to avoid that. By expanding the, the length of the season, not the number of games, what you would do, at least in my model, is that you would play a game every two weeks. Yeah. So what that would allow for is more testing and then time for isolation and quarantine and yet not losing games because players are isolated and quarantined. You can get them back to a better... I think you can protect the player better if you're playing every two weeks rather than trying to have like this sprint to the finish of like 10 games in 12 weeks yeah Uh, so that's the two things I would do
4: yeah and I'd suggest it if you did 16 weeks and you did eight games then then you would have that ability to almost hit the reset button and and I agree with you on that and look this is a fluid situation Joel but I I don't know where we're going I knew where we were at least I thought I did and now I'm not sure what's going to happen by weeks end. but It doesn't look good. And I appreciate you joining us on short notice. Always uh, love your insights.
9: Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you having me on.
4: Have a good day, bud. All right, that's Joel Clatt, Fox Sports. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show
6: weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Exclusions apply.
4: The utterly inspired all-electric EQE sedan from Mercedes-Benz. With hundreds of customizable comfort settings inside the cabin, it's the EV that recharges you. The vehicle is all-electric. The feeling is all-Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com EQE